<laughs> well, Nevin's looking a little light butter bean these days, actually. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> Balked, a weekly chronicle concerning the mundane, weird, and maybe even sometimes dramatic happenings of a simple fantasy baseball league. This podcast captures the thoughts and musings of Greg, Joe, Jack, and Tim, four of the ten owners in the league. This is episode 33 entitled, MLB Needs a Goon in the Pen. Jack Swagger, great to see you. What's happening, fellas? Good to be here. GK, how you doing? Hello, hello. I'm doing well. Hello, hello. J-Lo, how you doing? I survived doing my taxes all weekend, but it wasn't much fun. Okay. Well, hey, let's take a quick rundown through the games. The Dreamers, I'm declaring the winners. They crushed crushed the street people. 87% of precincts are in, and you're ready to call that (laughs) one. I'm ready to call that one, yes, absolutely. Lethal Injection and St. Locash, uh, St. Locash, my boys, uh, took out the champ, Lethal Injection. We had Mr. Blonde's Heroes and Rid Metal. Uh, wasn't close. Rid Metal, the greatest team of all time, has now two victories in a row. Philadelphia Experiment 2 took down the punks in the Philadelphia Experiment 2 second week with a nice high score, and we're probably going to have yeah. to break this team down. I don't know if your strategy is uh, coming to fruition much quicker than you thought. And then 47 Ronin in the Mission Commission, too close to call right now. We are uh, a double, one, you know, just uh, two singles or a double away from a lead change here. So we'll follow this game as the Rangers and the Astros are fighting it out. Or half a homer, right? A or half, ha- a homer. half a homer. Half we did a have two singles, a double, or half a homer. Robinson Chirinos, is that how you say him? Chirinos? <laughs> he of the 147 batting average. Just hit a home run to put a mission commission within striking distance of this game. And he's also got Bregman playing. I have El Tuve, so we'll see. Baseball's a funny sport. And then I, I think oh, today cool. we had a lot of games that were impacted by number of players out. And Jack, you were saying you actually counted up the number of players that were out on a Sunday, something that I think irks you anyway, but then the weather really kind of added to your ire. I hate seeing anybody sit. You know, a lot of catchers will sit now on Sundays and <clears throat> you got the day game, so guys that uh, like a little extra rest and of course that's the final day of our week 
Um, but yeah, everybody took, uh, took a piece of it. I mean, like I said, throughout the entirely, in fact, uh, Greg, I believe was the only team that had all of his players play today. Everybody, I don't know how you figured that one out. Everybody else had, uh, had at least a couple of guys missing. And they say, I'm not trying to win. Come on. I had my whole squad out there. <laughs> he plotted this out uh, seven days in advance, people. Come on. He's, he's even got weather patterns down now. But, Jack, make no mistake. These are just the normal variances in global weather patterns. It only seems like they're affecting games more than is usual. It's just happenstance. Don't, don't, get, uh, don't get excited. Well, I had one guy out today. You know, obviously could affect my game, and that was my third baseman, Arenado. And he was out. He's serving a five-game suspension for charging the mound. Well learned. First of all, the helmet throw was beautiful. I mean, he threw that helmet down perfectly. This wasn't like Harper last year. He went at the pitcher, and, and he really tried to hurt that pitcher. I mean, the punch that he threw that the pitcher ducked, if that had connected that pitcher would have been out cold. That was a hockey punch. This wasn't a a, a baseball fight that we're used to. And then, as he was getting pulled off, dove back into the crowd to go after that pitcher once again. And he had the presence of mind during this fight when he got pushed out of the crowd, looked like he got pushed out of a mosh pit before he went back (laughs) in to fix his beautiful hair and dove back in and started throwing punches. And I think that was worth a five-game suspension. I think he got every bit of that. I think it was a good suspension, but I also think he got every bit of what he needed to get out of that suspension or out of that fight that drove that suspension. This was not a typical baseball fight. I don't know. Did you guys check it out and see? I agree. Yeah, a hundred percent. There was a lot of passion there. The uh, uh, nice uh, glove dodge uh, on his way to the mound, and um, oh yeah, that's not right. only was it a not only was it a strong right. You know, you're you're trying to hit somebody when when the first real strong pitch that's thrown is by third base. I mean, he, <laughs> he went at him at the mound and they danced around and ran around long enough. To, it was almost, they were almost at third by the time he got to, uh, to come across the, the one thing that, that really jumped out at me in addition to the, the fixing of the hair that, that I did, I did catch that, you know, we, we, <laughs> we talked some about this last year, my boy Posey, but what AJ Ellis did was exactly what a catcher is supposed to do. And what I was fucking talking about last year <laughs> through our podcast, not only did he chase, I mean, get up and chase it passionately after Arenado, but if you watch, um, once Arenado takes that swing, if you watch Ellis the entire time, he's with him the entire time. He chases him to the mound. He chases him to third, swings around, and when Arenado gets pulled into that crowd, it's because A.J. Ellis has a grab on his fucking jersey. Ellis <laughs> yanked him to the bottom, He get, he and he stays inside that pile for a little. So when he does pull out and does his little hair flip, um, that's him escaping from A.J. Ellis's grasp. So above and beyond protecting the pitcher, once he got to the pitcher, A.J. Ellis said, fuck this, this is my fight now. And um, even to the point where uh, I think it was Ian Desmond had Ellis over by the bench and was still holding him back after the fact. Arenado went back after him, and and uh, and Desmond had to hold him until three or four of the coaches came from the other side to, to actually calm his ass down. So two thumbs up to AJ Ellis for doing his fucking job. Clearly, the the pitcher and the who threw at Arenado was a total puss cake, right? I mean, that that, that glove toss was. <laughs> wait, wait, weak. what? Did, yeah. What did you just call him? A puss cake. That I've never heard that before. I think I've heard. I mean, I I get the I get what you're talking about, but well, I, I mean. 
but honestly, that the top, the glove toss was. It, it made me think about like what happened to like the Nolan Ryan's and the, you know, the, the Mike Hamptons and the you know the guys who could like the Bob Gibson's, around. Norm Charlton, yeah, Bob Gibson, Norm Charlton, even you know, uh, what was Scuderi? <laughs> what was the other nasty boy? Rob Scuderi? Yeah, that's a that was a Penguins defenseman. Rob, some other guy. Yeah, the nasty boys. Like, those guys could fight. Oh, Dibble, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those yeah, guys yeah. could take care of themselves. But that guy who threw at Arenado, you know, his knees had to be knocking, walking out to the mountain, thinking, oh, God, i got to throw at this guy. Yeah. This guy's going to yeah. kick my well, ass. He probably told yeah. Ellis before. Like, he probably told the... Ellis, dude, I'm going to throw it at him. <laughs> Please. But you're going to be right there, right? Right? You're going to get up like it's a, <laughs> like I'm, I'm calling a pitch out, right? Right? You're going to be there. Because that guy was, you could see the terror in his eyes as he threw, flung his glove at Arenado. <laughs> Like I said, by the time Arenado's foot hit the dirt at the uh, at the mound, the pitcher was halfway to third base. AJ Ellis was still with Arenado and actually touching him at the moment, and the pitcher had already taken off and tried to make his way to third. Obviously, using the one weapon that he had already used. It was off. It was embarrassing. Uh, although I think there's a Pantene commercial coming for Arenado though after that whole episode. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, he of high HQ. I mean, look. He he's a he's a this guy's fucking awesome. He's a great hitter. He's a great defender, and now we know he's a great fighter. I like that. I mean, that to me is that that seemed like old school. And I was actually um, uh, talking with Joe, and and Joe said it, or maybe you said it on a text, Joe, that you talked about how these fights. We haven't even gotten to the Red Sox Yankees fight yet, but 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 both of these fights, it seemed kind of old school, you know. And and it's funny that you're evoking some of these old school pitchers, Greg, because. This this really did seem something like out of our youth, as opposed to some of the fights that we've been seeing over the last several years. I, you know, I was thinking deeply. I knew we were going to talk about these fights, so I've been thinking about them. And I was listening to the uh, Pirates broadcast on my ride back down from uh, visiting my family this weekend. Mm-hmm. And the the Pirates color man made it. You know, you're talking about them being old school fights. The Pirates color man made an interesting observation. He's a former major leaguer, um, and he said that uh, the difference, the thing that he finds very interesting and different, is the length of time that they're holding these grudges. And I'll give you an example in a second. And the fact that instead of just um, you know, so a player gets hit, and then the, the top of the next inning, instead of just plunking the first guy up, they're waiting to throw at the other team's best player. And according to this, uh, John Wayner, he was a utility man for the Pirates, and he won a World Series with the Marlins with Leland. But he was saying that in his memory or opinion, that was a key difference, that back in the day, somebody got hit, the neck, top of the next inning, the pitcher would throw at the first guy who stepped into the box. They would take their hit, and they would just walk on down to first, you know, unless there was really lingering bad blood. Well, there were there was like I said there were a few I think um, Margot took a a, a shot uh, the game before and then um, they had hit story earlier in this so like I said it, I think it, Greg it called the, that in from the from the uh, bullpen though I think he he doesn't like Margot so he said you know <laughs> just plunk that guy or or maybe the pitching coach for uh, Colorado listens to Atlas Bach and is a big Greg fan maybe that's what well, it is well Greg. Greg, Let's not even talk this, about Margot. This Tim, is where Tim you wanted, point out. Yeah, <laughs> Tim wanted Tim wanted to trade Margot to me for Brendan Rodgers, and and he thinks so little of him that even though he could stash him on his IR, <laughs> he dropped him anyway. It really validated that uh, the legitimacy of that trade uh, offer. But that's another. Arenado just wanted to fucking fight. You it, you could see it. First of all, the ball didn't hit him. 
it was behind him. Right. So he just wanted to fucking fight. And then after it does break up, I don't know if you guys beyond it, they, they finally separate him. They get him out. Like I said, Ian Desmond yanks uh, Ellis out. I don't know where the fucking pitcher went. I think he's hiding in the dugout by now. But then Arenado sees that Ellis is away from the rest, and he goes back after him. Hey, motherfucker, uh, you know, if you're not going to let me get to the pitcher, then maybe you're my challenge. I want you. And again, Ellis went, uh, you know, tried to, to break free, and, and we almost had a, a second fight between Arenado and, and Ellis. So I, I'd love a GoPro down in the middle of that shit, what it was going on <laughs> when you can't see in the middle of that pile and what was happening down there. Obviously, some shit. Is there any feeling, you know, Tim mentioned it was like a hockey fight, but if it was really like a hockey fight, is there any feeling among you guys, would you be willing to accept like a hockey style, um, you know, tolerance among the umpires to allow them just to throw a few punches, you know, and then the first guy who goes kind of that scripted typical hockey fight, they throw their gloves off, whoever lands a few shots, and then the first one to go down on a knee or a skate, and the, then the referee's rushing to pull them apart is there any any sentiment that that would be healthy for baseball there's a lot of stuff personally i would accept but it's probably never gonna happen i don't yeah. see it happening yeah i um if anything i i see it you know probably going the opposite way it seems like you know everything that's happening these days with sports is to protect and well i was gonna say save and if they did allow that i think it would instantaneously stop fighting cause the pitchers are such pussies. The thought of like, I'll get one good punch in and then I'll play defense and then they'll, yeah. you know, the natural instinct to stop the fight will, will incur. But if the, if the pitchers go. knew that they're going to have to mix it up for a good 30 or 45 seconds, you know, they would not do that unless of course, story. then they went, they went full hockey mode and they started carrying a reliever in the bullpen. Right. A goon. He wasn't all that good a pitcher, but he came in, he could he could throw a straight hard fastball into somebody's ribs, and then he could defend himself. You know, he could, he could he could he could you know put a, he could put a uh, hurt on somebody rushing the mound. That might be fun, right? Yeah. All of a sudden, uh, again, to my my point, uh, you know, statistics on catchers are going to become a whole different uh, situation. It's a, uh, you know, speed from from the behind the plate to the mound is going to become a stat. It's, can this guy protect me if I'm going to yeah. knock this guy out? <laughs> the catcher gets to him first that then you know that's the shot right if the catcher knocks out the batter then 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 they stop it there so as long as you got a quick catcher with a good right you can uh, you can still bean guys i guess i love greg's idea about having a goon in the pen i think i think that's freaking awesome well the negative howard letterman in the stands you know howard letterman from hbo boxing let's go to howard letterman's card <laughs> Thank you. I have it four rounds to one in favor of Arenado. He could join John Miller and Joe Morgan and 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 call that. It adds a whole other dimension. It would be interesting. It would you would almost you would almost have to to stop it completely and then restart. Like the way they fight now, you couldn't do that. Like there's too many people out there too quickly at baseball. You know what I mean? Where in hockey, you know. To kind of let them go for a minute and you know the, the guys get in there they're around so on and so forth but you're not getting that bench clearing the moment like that flash mob yeah the, yeah exactly so they don't they don't well, they'd have, have to, to do it in spring training they'd bring in an yeah, instructor used to you know, it yeah minor <laughs> league, yeah, minor league the drills. from like in the <laughs> nhl you know they'll bring in cam neely you know to talk to the red sox right to- <laughs> that's great man your ability to call up just names and events that I, you know, it's just amazing, Greg. 
So that means all the guys in the dugout would have to stay in the dugout, right? What would they do? Like in hockey, they hit their sticks on the wall. Right. And then, you know, you've got the guys out in the field. That's on the dugout rail. <laughs> right. You know, there, there's a basic flaw with that, though. You've got you've got one offensive player on the field and nine defensive players. Are they just going to just pile on this one guy if nobody can leave no, the No, because it, in hockey, just like in hockey, right, you just – you right. Um, well, all right. So you got the guys in the on deck circle. You got the your first and third base coaches, yeah, the, the bat boy and the ball girl. Yeah, yeah, right. Those those coaches, you yeah, know, that's where that's where the value comes in. Actually, you, you know, and is the coaches now again? I, I <laughs> mentioned I the mentioned coaches bulking up. <laughs> seriously, I mentioned the catcher. You want to you want some fucking solid third base and first base coaches now? You want to you know be able to get it. And matter of fact, I, I think we're going to go to this next fight and um, Phil Nevin. It's, uh, or the McGuire. Third... McGuire is in the other one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess McGuire is is uh, and and Arnado know each other, but it didn't look like a friendly exchange. I thought it was, it, ro- yeah. it was Roy raging it... for Christ's sake. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but one of the Colorado players shoved McGuire back, and so I didn't know what was going on. I, I don't know who the the Colorado Rockies player was, but clearly that wasn't a friendly exchange. I think it was Cargo. Oh, um, okay. So you got some legitimacy there. If if anybody's going to go up and, and <laughs> shove McGuire. McGuire's chest, yeah, he's like a um, super middleweight, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think honestly, it 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 seemed to me like like exactly that um, that they they do know each other. They are friends, and and in a situation where if two of us were on opposite sides and there were a bunch of other people about the fucking fight, and pulled each other aside and said, "Greg, dude, seriously, you're being a dick, dude." Like. You know, that's what it seemed like to me. I think he held up his, you know, you, you know, we, you, you hit two of our guys, you hit two of our guys. Of course it was coming. And, and it was the, the first time since the, the ball passed behind him that Arenado stopped long enough to even converse. So again, that conversation, in my opinion, definitely brought Arenado back to, to real world. So basically we found out that Swag now is a McGuire apologist. Does that carry over to his use of PEDs or just how he solves arguments on the diamond. The other possibility could be this did look like a, a little bit of a roid rage situation. I mean, maybe Mark was saying, hey, I've seen this, bro. I know what you're going through. Right well, you, you know, Tim, I'm, I'm glad you brought up like Jack being a, a McGuire apologist, which I'm not saying that he is. I actually loved McGuire when I was a kid. Funny that he's in this middle of this melee because I just read some quotes from him uh, where they recently interviewed him and he was saying how even had he not, you know, he finally is fessed up and well, admitting the truth that he obviously took a <laughs> right, big surprise, right? Drugs, yeah. yeah. But but he he's doubled down, you know, he's he's doubling down on that bullshit because he's now saying, uh, I, I definitely would have hit just as many home runs even if I hadn't taken those bullshit. He was saying that I, I was, you could tell I, I knew what I was doing in the batter's box. I was so dialed in. Yes, I regret taking PEDs, but. You know, I, I really didn't need them. I, I was certainly uh, capable of hitting 70 home runs without them. And the little bit of sympathy that I had for McGuire and all of those Royd guys, a little bit of sympathy because everybody's doing it and they're trying to compete. It's a tiny bit of sympathy, but it's all gone. It was the USA Today that well, he really went to a paragon of journalistic integrity there. <laughs> McGuire, who hit 70 home runs in 98, made the assertion to the athletic, and I quote, absolutely. I just know myself. I just know. I was a born home run hitter. I mean, unfortunately, I did take PEDs, and I've regretted that. 
I've talked about that. I regretted it. I didn't need to. That's the thing. Didn't need to. What a maniac, you know? Revisionist history 101 right there. Yeah. So we saw the the Rockies and the Padres go at it, and again, really great fight. Then I didn't see this fight happen live, but I just started to see the pictures of the fight on Twitter between the Red Sox and the Yankees. You know, this rivalry has been pretty mellow for the last several years. I don't know if you'd agree, Joe, but it doesn't seem like there was a lot of fire like there was uh, back in the mid-2000s. It, but boy, it, the fight, the shots that I saw of this fight, it looked like a gang fight. It was, it was pretty nasty. There's some real bad blood there that seemed to have just erupted overnight. The, the fact that you've got a guy on the DL and Dustin Pedroia, who's all of about two foot one out there in the middle of it, doing enough <laughs> that he got a suspension for it, tells you what it was like. Does that suspension take place when he comes off? the dl or is he just suspended while he's on the dl i was hoping you could tell me oh i i, I didn't know i don't know his workman's comp uh, case agent was like you know hey dustin wait a second uh you were you're still getting you know uh four hundred thousand dollars a game but you told us you couldn't play and you're well enough to fight come on I thought it was great fun to watch, and it's the the rivalry is starting to heat back up because the Yankees are good again. Although it's funny that you think the the altercations back in the early two thousands were something. I I think back to the Thurman Munson Carlton Fisk days, some of the melees they got into. That you remember Bill Lee getting slammed to the ground. And <laughs> not being able to pitch and things like that. The spaceman. What was so cool about the Red Sox-Yankees fight was the pitcher, Joe Kelly, was meeting the, the, the hitter head on, and they were both getting ready to, to hurt each other. I think Kelly would have probably at least landed a punch or two had Aaron Judge not picked him up like a, a parent would pick up a toddler and just move him from where he was throwing punches to a different spot away from the, the hitter. <laughs> you know, initially he did, he, he kind of pulled him up and, and, and moved him. After that, it almost seemed like he was protecting him. Like, it almost seemed like Judge was protecting <laughs> or, Kelly. No, was he, or was he holding him so that somebody could get a shot in? Maybe, but it, it kind of had like him was, in a headlock, didn't he? It seemed like it was almost covering him. Yeah, it it maybe maybe you're right. I don't know. It, it was him and, and Stanton, the two big guys, ended up being yeah. down there. But but to your point, uh, much unlike Colorado San Diego fight, you're right. Joe Kelly took two steps towards the plate as this fucking snot nosed fucking rookie <laughs> decided he was going to come at him. The other two things I noticed in this one was. Um, Number one, CC Sabathia seemed to come out of fucking nowhere both times and was just right in the, I mean, I don't know how that fucking big son of a bitch got from wherever he was to the, the middle of this that quickly. But if you rewind the tape and watch one more, number 53, the Yankees' third base coach, uh, Phil Nevin, yeah, for the yeah. Padres. Uh, he is the goon of this fight. He is, he is the first guy to get out and grab Austin when he spiked the guy on second base. He was the first one there. And then same situation. Now, again, you know, we talk about the catchers and their responsibility. Phil Nevin, obviously being an ex-ball player, is well aware of this. So if you watch, again, Austin comes up, hesitates. The catcher steps up, hesitates. Austin takes off. The catcher takes off. <laughs> Phil Nevin comes across from third base and tackles the catcher. <laughs> Let my guy get to your pitcher, goddammit. He doesn't even bother 
messing with the pitcher. He just goes, grabs the catcher, and tries to yank him out of the situation. And then at the end of it, when uh, after everything's settled, there's still two or three guys on the field yelling and spitting. Of course, Phil Nevin's one of those guys as well. So talking about the goon situation, I think Nevin is uh, as close as you're going to get right now. Well, boys, I think it's about time that we refill our drinks and we'll take a break. We'll kind of come back with the pseudo-scout. He's got the updated rosters now, so he can kind of take a look at this and see who he thinks will be the division winners and who he thinks will be the juiceless champion. Maybe even get an update on how his fantasy dynasty season is going. So we'll be back in a few minutes. Welcome back, Bonker Nation. Our special guest, Pseudo Scout, is on the call, and Pseudo Scout's going to give us his picks for what he thinks is going to happen this year in the Juices League, and we may even get a chance to have him take another look at the minor leagues after our player draft happened, although my three co-hosts here don't want that to happen. I'm really interested to see what he's thinking. So, Justin, welcome back. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Baseball's back. Spring is here, and getting to see a bunch of your crazy looking mugs again. So things are going well. Well, that's good. That's good. So Justin, what we're going to do is we're going to go through the divisions. You're going to give us the division champion, and then you can give us the wild card, and then you can give us who you think is going to take it all. So let's start with the Bonds division. We have Mr. Bonds Heroes, St. Locash Stinkfist. That's my favorite team. And then we have the Funkin' Punks. So who do you think is going to take the division there? I think St. Locash is going to have it. Greg might uh, give them a run for their money if uh, some of these young kids end up getting brought up. But as of right now, Funkin' Punks would be my number two uh, behind St. Locash. I I do like that team for for the uh, Bonds division. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I love the team that St. Locash has built. I think it's underrated. I think Polanco is going to have a career year. I think Buxton's going to warm up. I know in the first couple of weeks he's been kind of cold, but I think as the weather comes on, those two guys are going to going to do it for him. And um, I'm saying if there was a St. Locash Stinkfish t-shirt, I would definitely buy it. I know there's a Reardon Metal t-shirt kicking around somewhere, so maybe there's a St. Locash Stinkfish t-shirt somewhere. And just, uh, just at the end of week two, Mr. Bond's Heroes is is the highest scoring team in that division. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. You you might be seeing a uh, a glimpse of the future here. Absolutely. We'll see. We might be. We might be. It's a beautiful team you built. Um <laughs> and then uh we've got the Maguire division with Bad Street, the Dreamers and 47 Ronin. Yeah, that's a uh, that's pretty nasty. I mean, I uh, I've got 47 Ronin is top dog in the entire league. Um and, and uh the Dreamers actually number 2 in the entire week. So, I mean, that's that's going to be really, really tough. You give the edge to 47 Ronin. That's a pretty damn good team. 
Yeah, yeah, Tim, he does. He said they're the top damn team in the entire league. Should be. A he had here team. twice, for Christ's sake. You said 47 Ronin, Greg, right? Yes, that yes said, that's, right. Yeah, that's I, right. I think he said the greatest team of all time. No, we didn't talk about red metal yet. We talked about that was that's red metal. Actually, Joe, it's the greatest team of all time on paper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it was a, it, it is quite an all star team. I mean, like you got a bunch of guys that are quite in their prime. I mean, Goldschmidt, he just put one over the fence today. Um, Altuve's. I mean, if we were all starting over again, drafting, would Altuve go number two, right behind um, Trout? Maybe Arenado's a beast. What you What do you think about Arenado's fight? I actually wish he would have landed that because it would have made it the best baseball fight I have ever seen since Nolan Ryan beat <laughs> the punk ass of a young Robin Ventura. <laughs> Every baseball fight uh, since then has kind of just been a lot of big dudes getting in some faces and a bunch of swing and miss. But Arenado, he really reached back and put it into there. So this is why you we, we like you having you on the call. So I, I think we all agree with what you said and that had he landed that punch, it would have been just awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that but not as awesome as a cold Bacher beer on a hot <laughs> summer day. <laughs> so, um, you know what else? Uh, quite, you know what else packs quite a punch, Tim. What's that, Greg? Uh, the Bacher beer stout <laughs> coming soon to a Seven Eleven near you. So, better hair, Nolan Arenado, Fabio, or Bryce Harper? Um, you know, I would take anything from Arenado over Bryce Harper. I, I really can't do Bryce Harper. That dude sucks. In fact, yeah, I, I don't like him as a human being. Looks He's like we may be ending guy. the call early today. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I'm not hurt. I'm not, I can't be hurt your feelings here. You got both of these guys. Justin, just tell him his players are sexy and let's move on. Maybe after a few Balker beers, I'd find them sexy. <laughs> Justin, and can you also just record a sound bite? You don't even have to look at the, the minor leaguers for a 15th time. Just say, you know, Tim, on second look, you, you're you you're doing quite a bit of developing in that minor league system of yours. And we'll just put it in there. Then Tim can Tim can dummy up an interview and uh, have that be the denouement. That's not fair because now, even if he says he likes it, it's going to appear that he's just saying that. You've tainted it, Greg. It, You've tainted it. it. That's Wait a exactly minute, Tim, it, Tim, don't Greg. you control all the editing? Can't you eliminate what what Greg said? Yes, but I have a high yeah. ethical standard and even leave it in there when Greg's making fun of my somewhat inability to eat properly and I'm a little overweight. And, yeah, I was going to uh, say, how ethical are you? You just lied about your shirt size. You're no extra large. Come on. You've been an extra large <laughs> since your sophomore year in college. Walker <laughs> beer for those with a high ethical standard. <laughs> you know, send Justin a growler full of Walker beer, and, and he'll say whatever you want to say. Probably. Walker <laughs> beer, the favorite of liars and cheats everywhere. These guys have put so much energy into their minor leagues; they just can't, they cannot really stand the fact that I was able to just draft nine players at the end of the player draft and actually put up something that may have some value. That that's really what what they're concerned about. But we don't have to go there. It's okay. Walker beer. Don't take a sip until you've read our full competitive spirit clause. No, we just, we just emblazon that in the side of the can. So Griffey division, the, the big boy division, the champions division, this is the one where the, where the heavyweights duke it out to see, to get their chance at the playoffs. How do you break down the, the Griffey division? 
I like Reardon Metal number one. Um, that's a that's another pretty dang good team. Um, I actually have them third overall in, in the league. Um, and actually, Omission Commission number four. Those two divisions, it's it's pretty top heavy. So um, I would go Reardon Metal uh, winning that. So Justin, if if I could ask though, so the way you have them ranked, so who's going to be the Dreamers or the Omission Commission? The Dreamers. I have them mm. second overall. Ooh. But it's only two weeks, and you know what? Hope everybody stays healthy. And I mean, fantasy baseball, fantasy sports in general. I mean, how much of this is based on luck and health? So there is no such thing as luck. There is There's no such thing as unfavorable randomness. That's what we call it around here. I think actually the the opinions this year more were all pretty consistent. I think all everybody picked the same three division winners, and I think yep. the majority went with the. Just somebody may have picked omission or or lethal, but I think the majority even went the dream dreamers. And two weeks in, um, you know it's early, but you're you're right there. Um, you know thus far, well, there's just one mistake, but yeah, reared metal with 114 points. Ronin has 112 points. Uh, the Dreamers and Omission are tied with 102. Um, there's just one other team up there that you had missed, but that's cool. No big deal. <laughs> hey, hey guys, uh, before we get to Justin's league, because I want to hear about Justin's Dynasty League, can you just check real quick? Do we have fucking Bartolo Colon throwing a no-hitter against the Houston Astros? What inning? It's the eighth inning. Oh, shit. Colon is still pitching, and I see no hits recorded by the Astros. That'd be a hell of a feat. Actually, what would be more impressive if he throws a no-hitter against the defending World yeah. Series champions or the fact a that dinner he hit party a with Walker beer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it is a no. Yeah, he's got a no-hitter going. The matter of fact, there's been one hit in the game. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a home run against me. <laughs> this fucking game. This fucking game. This fucking game. Okay. All right. Walker beer. Jordan will be able to drink it in six years. You know, I didn't believe in luck until the day I walked into my local pub and they were sold out of every other beer besides Walker beer. Which says, what about Walker beer? Exactly. They know how to stock a great thing. Oh, not just no hitter. It's a perfect game he's got going. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Come on. Mm-hmm. And he won the hot dog eating contest in the seventh inning stretch. He beat Kobayashi. <laughs> where, 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 where is Joey Chestnut? We need, need him. <laughs> he, he's, he's, he's in the bullpen of the Detroit Tigers. Uh. <laughs> Again, Greg's new philosophy on biting in the MLB. Again, this guy becomes a, a fucking prize possession, right? Yeah, Justin, <laughs> I, I suggest that teams that the baseball get together and collectively decide to allow pitchers and batters just to mix it up for 30 or 40 seconds. Like they do in hockey yeah. with the inevitable, uh, you know, uh, evolution being that bullpens will now start having goons, you know, as like an eighth reliever. Uh, you know, just big like Butterbean. They're gonna sign Butterbean to a contract <laughs> and, and put him in the back end of a bullpen, just for these situations. Again, speaking of which, go back and and watch the Yankees Red Sox fight. Tell me that CC doesn't fit that description in both situations. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, of the precious twenty five roster spots that every team has, I'm sure they're willing to sacrifice one for Butterbean. 
Absolutely. Yeah, it just expand the roster by one. Yeah, it would. They're looking for a younger, uh, a younger market that just might be able to get it. We would have a goon draft every year, right? <laughs> the, the the goons would have to go back in to the draft, and then we'd have to figure out how to score their fights. Hmm. Okay. Well, shoot. That the way be awesome? baseball uh, fights go, there would be points just for connecting one. Okay. Perfect game. No more. It's uh, we just walked somebody. No hitters, though. Okay. He does not look sharp. I'm watching this game now. He does not look sharp. He hasn't looked sharp since fucking... <laughs> 2005. Right? Like, I mean, oh, look wow, at that yeah. fucking dude. Dude, he makes me feel svelte. Like, I, like just <laughs> I, look at that fucking guy. How could he even... He's, look, at his, look at his jowls, his neck. I think we found our spokesperson. Yes. I'm throwing a no-hitter between innings. I like to sip on a bucket. <laughs> you know, my game may not be perfect, but let me tell you what is. This Bocker beer. With, <laughs> with a, you know, when I when I open up my five-gallon bag of nachos, I like to have a, when I, when I get a trash bag full of nachos, I like to wash it down with 30 Bockers. Oh. Uh, no-hitter just got broke up. Uh, I can't help but feel that we're partially responsible. <laughs> that hot dog yeah, contest was because probably was below the belt. Any Bocker beer spokesperson would have to lose a fucking no hitter in a perfect game in the eighth. Like that would just be that would make sense. That's part of the brand identity, isn't it? Yeah, he's, yeah. He's going to need a Bocker beer after. Yeah, I have no sympathy for him, motherfucker. Um. Okay, so. Oh, well. Justin, you are in a dynasty fantasy baseball league. We talked before the season about strategies in terms of yes. going into the draft. So, um, do you like your team? What was your strategy? And how's it been going the first couple of weeks? Uh, definitely liking my team. Um, I mean, my uh, my strategy coming into it was to stay as young as possible with um, young proven, young proven positional guys starting the draft because arms get hurt first few picks just for uh entertainment fifth overall i went chris bryant Woo. yeah i know his adp is like in the early teens but i don't know why um that dude i mean he just rakes if he ends up going batting like 310 with 30 plus home runs uh, with some good counting stats from a bounce back um pretty solid lineup it, it wouldn't surprise me at all Hey, just so you know, for a guy similar in age, really good looking, plays great defense, awesome <laughs> offense, and can throw a fucking punch, Nolan Arenado. He went, but third maybe he was gone. Yeah, he, he went, went third, third yeah. overall. Um, All right. Otherwise, uh, I actually would have taken, um, I, I would have taken Arenado first. You're a brilliant man, Justin. Can I ask a question? Of course. It's an old guy question. I don't know what ADP means. Um, average draft position. Justin, you didn't even need to answer that. This is this is Joe doing his Columbo strategy. Do you know who Columbo is? Um, Are you familiar? I, you the, might be too young. Is he the one that discovered America? That's Columbus, <laughs> right? Close. Yes, very close. Uh, and and many of uh, many of Bacher Nation are probably too young to know this. Peter but it was Falk. a TV show. Peter Falk, right? Exactly. And, and here's how and here's it, how the Bacher Nation will know them, Tim. If I may interrupt. Yes, of course. He plays the grandfather in Princess Bride, who reads Fred Savage the Goodnight Story. Hmm. I've seen Perfect. the movie, but it's been a very long time. 
check him out. So he plays this character who try in the character appears to be this guy who bumbles through kind of a Mr. Magoo type of like, you know, just falling into solving cases, but really. Oh, and one more thing, Mrs. So-and-so. Exactly. You even start, you even asked your question that way. So Jack and I were talking about it and we figured out, it was like, it's a fucking, it's called the Columbo gambit. And basically (laughs) he just acts as if he doesn't know he's got a team that very well could break the scoring record this this year. I did that last year. And, you know, I don't know how it plays out. He he just continually, you know, has been in World Series. Jack, has he been in the World Series more than anybody else? He's been in five World Series in this league, and the league has been ten. Four. Wow. Okay. He's been in four. He's been in four. Okay. Very, Justin, yeah. Joe Buffalo is so Bills masterful. With the win. He, he, Joe's so masterful of this strategy that he had me over the weekend inquiring with the other guys on the podcast here about the Baker Act. I was ready to have Joe committed because he was going on and on about this uh, tree in his backyard that he was convinced looked exactly like the drummer for the band Boston. I'm not, I'm not kidding. A, okay, a tree looks like the drummer. Uh, Joe's drunk Boston. texting. Joe's drunk texting is, is epic. I, th- there's no doubt about it. He's probably not, not even drunk at all. You're right. You know, he's, these are probably Joe. carefully crafted phony drunk text i mean exactly. let's face joe, it every, unless right. somebody sends joe a case of bacher beer he has no motivation <laughs> every, yeah every um, single every move uh, joe makes is is highly calculated I, i'm convinced that that he is above and beyond our we're not even able to comprehend it <clears throat> joe has perfected what, what we call the floater joe, joe basically oh. it, it sits back quietly and and stupidly lets everybody else beat each other up and, and take each other's players and trade each other's players and oh, I don't know what ADP means and then all of a sudden the season's <laughs> I'm an old man over, for God's sake and leave this me alone. son of a bitch is tops in the league in scoring with the most fucking wins and the best team now and the best team later as far as you know even if you you do give uh, you know Tim the nod as starters right now top to bottom starters and minors uh, if I had to start over again today I would start over again with Joe's team. Um, meanwhile, he again just sits there and says, uh, "Hey guys, how do I put in my catcher?" Fucking on to you, We're on to you, buddy. Oh my god, plan is working. And you're you guys... over here asking me for my strategy. Sounds like I need to be taking notes. <laughs> you, you actually probably should. Probably should. That's, I mean, uh, yeah, but Joe, it's so complex that you couldn't even study it and understand it's. It took us how many years to even comprehend the fact that it existed, right, Tim? What Jack and I realized was when I said hello to Joe in the podcast last week, he very conspicuously put the fact that he was a grandfather um, and even got Greg to crack a joke about Dramamine because Greg was feeling so old. I wasn't and so, but again, so he's, he's playing... He's playing all these these kind of uh, situations, right? And he's so, you know, um, impressed with our ability to come up with these strategies. And yet a guy just, you know, piles up win after win after win. So are you yeah, saying, Tim, that it's possible that Joe didn't really ruin his Uriah Heap albums by trying to play them on his sprinkler? <laughs> I'm awesome. saying yes. You made that up? That is, that is absolutely <laughs> That is absolutely true. That is absolutely true. God, I Sounds kind of like the silent assassin. 
Silent I, you assassin. Know, that's kind of what it's known. And everyone on this podcast has contributed to the players on his team right now. Right? We 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 walk away thinking, man, we just that is true. We 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 just pulled one over on the old guy and motherfucker. Right? We look around and go, oh shit, I I gave Joe that guy and that guy and that guy and for what? Yep. It sounds so. like he's a Jedi. Maybe. That's Chris. Mm-hmm. Hey. Yeah, a little little closer to the Sith, I think. But. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know if you if you had a chance to listen to last week's podcast, although it yes. it, it certainly yeah it's there's a, been a lot of downloads on that one. I don't know if you heard it, but he actually did an imitation of a fucking Sith on the podcast, and it's like he's thumbing his nose at everybody. Like, you know, we see him do this, and we know that his strategy is to appear as the bumbling Columbo Peter Falk character. Or, or Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know what I mean? Yeah, Bumbling old yeah. Ben Kenobi. You know? right, old ben? Right. Yeah, he's Ben right. on the podcast, right? Yeah. And then, then we hang right. up and Obi-Wan takes over yeah, with this. his fucking stat counters. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> These are not did the let... prospects you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> he did let loose on a text. Uh, I think if he could have erased it, of course, he'd tell you he doesn't even know how to text or you know, how on earth he could erase a text. But he would it, when he said, "Boy, this this stat history of the league page is very interesting." And it was just this one text in the middle of nowhere. It just came out, and then nothing else about it. And I was like, "He fucking made a mistake." Like there it is, right there, folks. He slipped up. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> yep. Oh my god. Oh Lord, help us. He will expose you, Joe. It's better than me exposing myself. You're fucking is, right. yeah, that, that's definitely after true, a yeah. couple Walker <laughs> beers. We'll Walker beer. You know, I really didn't ever feel comfortable exposing myself until I started drinking Walker beer. <laughs> now I feel free enough with my body. Walker beer. We're guys exposing themselves. We lead. The, we lead the league in restraining orders. <laughs> oh, Jesus! And public indecency tickets. Well, okay. All right. Well, Justin, how's your team doing so far? Specifically, do you have any prospects you're excited about? Um, as far as the minor leaguer, though, that I have that I'm most excited about, I grabbed Fernando Tatis Jr. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, really high on that kid. And uh, I ended up um, get the settling for Didi Gregorius. <laughs> and um, just in case the, uh, the wheels fell off of him after... Um, you know, a year or so, uh, I wanted to draft a, a high-end uh, shortstop prospect and um, ended up getting Tatis. Um, another guy that I have, I've got Kesson Huria. What a coincidence. Greg has the same guy. <laughs> well, you know what? He, uh... <laughs> so, so tell me the truth, right? So in your other league's podcast, does Greg come in and play your role on Atlas Bach? Does he does he talk about the prospects that he likes, and then you don't let anybody have Greg's information so that he can give you all that information? Because that's where you got your 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 info on this second baseman from Milwaukee. We know that's the truth. It absolutely and, is. Yeah, he see? comes in yeah. um, big time comic relief as well. Um, he's actually the face of the podcast because you know we we need to sell some tickets to this thing, make it marketable, right? Justin, honestly. Yes. Is our podcast better than your other team's pod or your other league's podcast, or is their podcast better? 
Yeah, from what I understand, this is the highest rated Dynasty Baseball League podcast that begins with an A. And coincidentally, (laughs) the other one starts with an A as well. So the stats don't lie, fellas. What is the name of your other? What is the what is, is what is your name of your other Dynasty League? It's called Oh, the name of the Dynasty League is the Infield Bash- Fly Guys. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful, Justin. Hey, as always, it was great to see you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for imparting your wisdom. Thank you for building a team with Greg that he could lose again with this year. Um, in his strategy to uh, win by losing, so um. You have yourself a good night. Good luck in the softball league. Good luck in your dynasty league, the Bash Brothers League. You're going to fucking own them for years. And uh, have a good night. Thanks for being a part of uh, Atlas Bach. We greatly appreciate it. Normally, I would just take us right into the third segment. However, I thought that you should probably hear the exchange that happened in between the recording of the second segment and the third segment, wherein several of us were watching the game involving Omission Commission and 47 Ronin. And I will just let the drama play out for you right here. Chirino's up. Men on second and third. You'll be fine. He's going to get a single and an RBI, and that'll be the end. So he's he's only going to get point four. He needs point oh. five. <laughs> oh my lord! It's stressful. Doesn't have much to be. Much it's better stressful than being the best. It's stressful being the two best teams in the league. <laughs> 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 Sucks. Stress. Uh, <laughs> I'm fucking stressed. I'm not stressed. I'm beating somebody by ten points or so. Exactly. <sighs> oh my god! Sure knows this cleared the bases. Two run double. Is that true? Yeah. True. Oh, God. Holy shit. Two run double. Oh, my God. I'm sorry for your loss, Tim. You know what Joe did? He jinxed you. (laughs) (laughs) There's no question about it. He's like, Tim, uh, Chernos is up. Two guys on. But you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. It's going to be fine. 
And that, boys and girls, is called the Pujol Scam. That was the last thing that Joe said before this sound. Welcome back, Bockers. We just uh, uh, watched Omission Commission uh, take over the top score of the week, and we're giving the win to Omission Commission over 47 Ronin, who once again has the second highest score and lost to the top score. So some shit never changes. But you know what? There is a little consolation in that Justin was very impressed with your team. That's true. Good point. Yeah. Right. Well. He mentioned it several times. That's, anyway. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, okay, so, hey, uh, speaking of uh, liking teams, and I'm a pretty big fan of the Philadelphia Experiment 2, and uh, last week we were... It's kind of... when? <laughs> since just I'm about... I'm a pretty, pretty big fan of fascism ever since that's coming to this favor. Come on. <laughs> I think since fucking Chirinos uh, suddenly fucking he of the 182 batting average just fucking knocked me down. Um, the guy's clutch. The guy's so fucking clutch. He's not going to hit a fucking hit for the rest of the year. So now I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to be a front runner. Let's go with the fucking, let's go with the team that's going to win. And and uh, the Philadelphia Experiment 2, um, one of the things that uh, Swag said last week was, we're so fucking wrong all the time. Why don't I just blow the team up? And lo and behold, he goes and just uh, has a big win over the Funk and Punks. Puts up a lot of points uh, this uh, this week. So um, I don't know all the Seinfeld fans out there, but uh, when George Costanza decides to do everything the opposite and everything starts working, I think Swag is uh, actually doing the Costanza gambit. Is that true, Jack? Is this is this what you've actually put into play? I don't know if I would go that far. That that might be stretching it a little bit. There, um, again, I, <laughs> if you haven't heard last week's podcast, I made it very clear that again, my focus in the off season was going to be towards the future, and it was. I've built a, a very good minor league system. I'm very excited about these guys as they start to come up already, actually. But in doing so, while I was doing it, and and in Part of the the thought process and deciding to do it again, you know, we're we're talking about. I, I ran off eleven straight last year. I had one of the higher, I had one of the higher power pole uh, numbers wow. of all time. I had a great season that fell apart <laughs> in the playoffs, and I decided to blow it all up. And and part of that thought process was how wrong we've been, and and a kind of a combination between that. Uh, and, and the Zimmermans of, of last year. And, and, you know, we talk about there's always one or two or three guys um, that Lowry. come out. At, yeah. And, and just 
blow up from from the get. Was he not your best player this week as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah I thought so. Um, so again, I, you know, maybe it's uh, maybe it's a, a small version of of uh, favorable randomness. Um, but um, you know, again, we we're wrong about a handful of guys every year if those handful of guys end up in the same place at the same time who the hell knows well i I think that just validates what you were saying last week that you know what you were trying you're trying to win then that then that leads to the possibility of let's say tim keeps losing um that leads to the possibility of teams remaking rosters maybe tim will go into a rebuild mode and start trying to lose and then jack you could uh rise to the top of the league yeah, that's probable. It looks like it'll be a repeat of last <laughs> oh, year. <God>. Crazy, <laughs> crazier Tim, shits happened less than 12 uh, months ago. Tim's about to reel off 10 or 11 straight wins. We'll look back at this and go, geez, what were we thinking? Maybe, maybe not. Well, boys, uh, fun night tonight. Really appreciate it. Hey, Jack, happy birthday to the twins. Uh, hope they had a uh, great birthday. And, um, uh, it was great talking to all you guys, and I uh, hope boy. you have a uh, good night, good week, and we'll be back at it uh, sometime soon. Have a great night, guys. Take care, fellas. Bye, brothers.
How about this? You want to impress your lady friend? Bocker. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Who knows? I, I don't know. Who, I mean, you said bockers. We only have seven listeners, so process of elimination. Honestly, that's who I, yeah, when you said you guys could guess, that's who I thought it was, too. Yeah. I guess maybe because he's the only other person I'm sure listens to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it was, <laughs> At least maybe it was the week. roller derby chick. Oh, sunny side up. Mm. Yeah. I'm sure maybe she's asking she like to her, be nicer uh... to Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Tim, uh, Tim had his dog defecate on the check I sent him last year for my league fees. Despite me. Greg, while you're at it, could you masturbate for me? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>